Well, good evening, friends. I'd like to take a few moments to share with you the latest of our gospel reflections. And this evening, I want to spend some time reflecting on a story which is found near the end of Luke 9, beginning at verse 51. Let me read it to you now. As the time approached for him to be taken up to heaven, Jesus resolutely set out for Jerusalem. And he sent messengers on ahead who went into a Samaritan village to get things ready for him. But the people there did not welcome him because he was heading for Jerusalem. When the disciples James and John saw this, they asked, Lord, do you want us to call down fire from heaven to destroy them? Jesus turned and rebuked them. And then he and his disciples went to another village. So this is a scene which marks the beginning of a section of Luke's Gospel, which is often referred to by scholars as the travel narrative. That's a term they use to describe a large part of the book where all of the action takes place on the road as Jesus is making his way from Galilee to Jerusalem. It takes 10 chapters to cover the conversations and the teaching and meetings Jesus has with people along the way. But the journey begins by Jesus having to negotiate some potentially hostile territory. He's heading south and if you look at a map you will see that due south of Galilee is Samaria. And there is a reason why this part of the journey is not going to be straightforward. To put it bluntly, Jews and Samaritans were enemies of each other. And we need to make it clear that this was far more than a minor disagreement. It was such a deep distrust of each other that it wouldn't be inappropriate to use the words hatred. So Samaritans regarded themselves as the true heirs of Israel. In fact, at one time, they'd had a whole different temple of their own at a place called Mount Gerizim, which had been destroyed by Jews in the second century BC. So there was a great deal of violence uh, and bitterness bound up in this relationship, a history full of resentment. You know, you, you don't get into the territory of destroying temples and buildings and lives being taken without it leaving a, a huge sense of resentment and anger behind. So the scene that we read about here was not an uncommon one. And often Jews from Galilee would have made their way down to Jerusalem on, on pilgrimages. And passing through the Samaritan territory would have been an experience akin to, to running the gauntlet. They would have been heckled uh, and even worse as they, they made this journey. So it's not surprising to read that as Jesus and his disciples are on their way, they have a hostile reception awaiting them in this village. We're told that Jesus sends messengers ahead of him and the disciples to get things ready for them. So the implication would seem to be that Jesus was actually willing to stay in the village, maybe to spend the night there. Interesting, isn't it? He would have known what Samaritans thought of Jews, but he was still open to the possibility of trying to get to know these people. But it's not how things work out. And look at what 
uh, Luke says in verse 53, the people there did not welcome him because he was heading for Jerusalem, heading for uh, the other temple, heading for that city and all that it represents, which is in, in opposition to Samaritans and, and their view of where the temple ought to have been. One of the things I love about the Gospels is how they so often provide us with a, a warts and all picture of what life was like for Jesus and his disciples. When you think about it, the disciples could have left us with an airbrushed version of the story, an account which presented them as the finished product from day one, people who always got it right at the first time of asking. But thankfully, they didn't do that. And instead, we get to learn from their mistakes as much as their successes. And Luke tells us here about this frosty reception from the Samaritan villagers and the response which it provokes from James and John. These two brothers who Mark tells us were actually given a nickname by Jesus. He called them sons of thunder. Uh, a joke about the tendency they clearly had to fly off the handle at any given moment. Imagine being given the nickname hothead, for example. It, it is rather telling. And of course, what we read here is that James and John, the hotheads, played a type. A default reaction when they feel like others are standing in the way is to reach for the option of responding in kind. Do you remember what they said to Jesus? Lord, do you want us to call fire down from heaven to destroy them? Shall we do some cursing? Shall we do some judging? Shall we do some smiting? Now, intriguingly, this is one of those passages which doesn't actually tell us what Jesus said. And the only details Luke provides for us is that he simply rebuked the two of them. And then we're told that everyone went on their way to another village. But I found myself wondering how exactly all of this played out. Did Jesus' rebuke come in the form of a lengthy lecture or was it a briefer exchange? Was he simply reminding them that their response was not the Jesus way? This is not how he did things. We don't always have to respond in a way which mirrors the aggression of others. But I also wonder if the best explanation for how Jesus responded can be linked back to some words which we find at the beginning of this chapter. Luke's account of when he is sending out the twelve. Here are the instructions he gave them. Take nothing for the journey, no staff, no bag, no bread, no money, no extra shirts. Whatever house you enter, stay there until you leave that town. And if people do not welcome you, leave their town and shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. And it seems to me that when we put these two scenes together, when we look at what happens at the end of Luke 9 and then we consider it all in light of what he has said earlier, we have a fascinating glimpse into how he operates and some lessons for us too. Jesus is generous and courageous. Jesus is willing to take risks. Jesus is willing to walk into the territory of his enemies, to walk towards the people most unlikely to welcome him and take a chance to allow for the possibility, even if it is slim, they will be open to him.
and on this occasion it doesn't work out and that's disappointing but Jesus is not going to linger in the moment of disappointment and he's not going to get angry he just moves on he takes himself off to another village if the people in the last place weren't willing to welcome him then maybe things will work out better in the next place and I wonder what lessons we can learn here about our reactions when things don't work out we live in a world where there is so much anger so many knee-jerk reactions all around this when I turn on my phone and I I open an app like Twitter it feels at times like it's just a constant stream of angry consciousness with the volume being turned up with each reply and we can do the same as Christians we can be so painfully ready to judge if people don't respond to our preaching or they don't want to engage with us on our terms the default reaction can be to criticize to put ourselves in the position of judge jury and executioner that is not the way of Jesus the way of Jesus is not to get dragged in but to move on the way of Jesus is not to call fire down from heaven but to get back in the road and look for the next place to bless and I wonder what lessons he offers us here for the situations where we've got frustrated or disappointed by the welcome or lack of it that we've had from others and I wonder if he's urging us not to stay where we are getting angry and frustrated but to open our eyes afresh look around us and see who we can be blessing instead let's pray loving God as we think about the story of Jesus and his disciples and the disappointment of rejection we think as well about our own disappointments the people we try to come alongside but we find the door closed in our face those who we offered advice to but they didn't want to listen those who never replied to our calls or returned our messages please help us not to stay in these places so long that we become bitter and judgmental help us instead to be able to move on and look for the next person who needs to know of your love who needs to experience your blessing who needs to hear your good news amen bye for now friends god bless and i'll see you soon